Howdy, folks. Welcome back to Mira Stars, episode number four. I'm Steve Ricardo, and please welcome the star of the show, a.k.a. Penny Lane. How are you, Penny? Hi, everybody. What's going on? Well, we got a lot going on, a lot to talk about today. We've decided to combine our first two segments. So I guess it's now going to be called Let's Talk About It Because the World is on Fire. We combine the two. And today we're going to talk about a very serious topic. Every week we, we try and pick topics that are relevant. And this is extremely relevant. It's, it's relevant because my co-host, it's relevant to her. We're going to talk about student debt and the problems that exist from it and what, what steps are or aren't being taken from it. So, um, Penny, why don't you get us started on this and uh, take it away. Yeah, so it's an unfortunate reality for most people my age, millennials. There are even some older folks that are dealing with this bullshit, unfortunately. If you're not aware, I read an article online saying between the years 1980 to 2019 that the cost of college skyrocketed by 160%, which is insanely mind-blowing. We were always in doc indoctrinated, you know, since we were young, you know, go to college, it will better your prospects to make more money, things like that. But they never tell you that once you're out of college, that all of that stuff isn't guaranteed. You know, it's very deceiving, like unless you study, like to be a doctor or nurse or a lawyer or an engineer or something like that, like right out of college to get a job that would pay you a sufficient amount of money in order for you to pay off these loans is very difficult. Yeah, just going on what you just said, uh, you know, adjusting for inflation, the cost of tuition has increased by $7,142 or 324% between 2009 and 10 and 2019 and 20. Before adjusting for inflation, the average tuition increase at a two-year college was $698 or 23.9%. Yikes. That is an insane increase in what you said. I actually read in the Georgetown report that it's 169% increase since 1980, but um, the pay for young workers is up by just 19%. Yeah, you know, like everything keeps skyrocketing, but, you know, like the the cost of living keeps going up, but these these wages are far lagging behind and just a personal you know my personal situation is I did go to a community college got my associate's degree I was told if I I I was able to fully transfer my associate's degree to a four-year college and I would be able to get my bachelor's in a short amount of time and I'm like oh okay let me do this. Why not? You know, short amount of time. I would think it would be way less expensive. But most people, you know, my age, when they look at all of that, they just focus on, you know, being able to get the degree within a short amount of time and things like that. You don't really look at the finances and what will happen once you get out of college, you know. And Mind you, I studied hotel management, nothing like fancy, like going to be like a surgeon or a nurse practitioner or a pharmacist or anything kooky like that. And I have over easily $60,000 worth of debt. And that's with 
going to a two-year community college. And, you know, when I did go to Johnson Wales in Providence, Rhode Island, I, for one semester, I commuted. I did various things to cut down costs, and I still ended up with a high balance. It's crazy. You know, I'm looking at my notes here, and today, typical college costs, including tuition and fees, room and board, allowances for books and supplies, transportation, and other personal expenses, range from $27,330 for public in-state university students to $55,800 for private nonprofit college students. When scholarships and grants are taken into account, Average net cost for tuition and fees at these kinds of schools are closer to 2640 and 14990 respectively. I mean, I'm just I know we just went through this period with the pandemic and everything got put on pause, you know. I was thinking about this when we were talking about this. Andrew Yang kind of had it right because I think instead of giving people those $1,500 checks and, you know, unemployment checks and everything, they should have paid everyone $1,000 a month throughout the entire pandemic. Then you could take some of the money to buy food, pay your bills or whatever, and the rest of the money, I'm, in, I'm talking on top of the 600 that people got for, for unemployment. Then you could take some of that thousand and put it on the side if you have college loans and things like that. But they didn't take any of that into account at all. And it's uh, I want before you continue, I just want to I got a quote here from someone that I respect as a true leader looking out for the middle and lower class. She has a lot to say on the topic. Of course, I'm talking about Senator Elizabeth Warren who I respect tremendously, and I know a lot of people do. This is what she had to say about it. Canceling student loan debt is good for the whole economy. Right now, people who are struggling with student loan debt don't move out of mom's house. They don't buy cars. They don't buy homes. They don't start small businesses. And all of that holds holds our economy back. That's end quote. That's exactly, I agree 100% with her. It seems like we've gone through so many once-in-a-lifetime events in such a short amount of time, and it's just crippling us. And I don't get how these freaking half-dead politicians, you know, that are ancient expect, you know, the next generation to succeed with so much weighing us down. Like you said, like there are people in their 30s that are still living with their parents because they can't afford it. Most people are holding off having kids. And, you know, these people want to restrict, you know, abortion rights. So they want us to have all these kids that we can't afford already. And it's just it's just a big it's a big fucking mess. You know, it's I hate to say this because so many people died and everything, but the pandemic actually helped some people because they would have been completely screwed. I mean, it before it even happened. It definitely shed a light on so many flaws of, you know, how things have been running so far. I mean, like with Without the pandemic, you know, without this pause, you know, it it gave us a, a, you know, a respite, you know, to actually save money and try to tackle other issues. And now with, you know, the stuff in Ukraine and still recovering from COVID and inflation and gas and everything. You had to bring up gas. What a fuck. I got something to say about gas prices later on. But 
Ridiculous. You know, all that money we were trying to squander away for, a, you know, a rainy day. You know, we have to go it's gone. out. Yeah, it's gone. You know, it's it's not. It's like we can't catch a break. You know, Ron Lieber um, from the New York Times had a really good article on May thirteenth. We're recording today, and I think it's only May sixteenth. A few days ago, by the time you hear this, you could put find it online. It's called "Student Loan Borrowers Don't Deserve Forgiveness." They deserve an apology. In the article, Lieber writes, teenagers go to college because we tell them to. Many people in their 20s pursue graduate education because an advanced degree is what they need to prosecute criminals, cure cancer, and teach or counsel those teenagers. And for decades, we fail these students over and over. We've left them mostly on their own to pay for the betterment of themselves and society and then heaped one administrative burden after another on them along the way. He goes on to write, there wouldn't be so much of a debt problem if as a nation we made a priority of subsidizing public higher education. That's exactly what Elizabeth Warren said. But we don't. Among the 26 nations that... The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development surveys only Britain has higher average tuition for public universities than the United States. It's true college costs are high, and personally, I think that public schools should this is me talking now, not Rob anymore. It's true college costs are too high, and I personally think that public schools should be free for everyone. I do. They should be free. Take the money from the military budget. Take it from wherever. We need to raise these kids in America to be smarter and in a more affordable way. And at the same time, give them an equal playing ground when it's time for them to go out into the real world. And right now, we're not doing that. And I feel bad for you, a.k.a. Penny Lane, because you have this big burden. You know, when I finished college, hate to say it because I'm showing my age, I believe it was in 83, and I looked at my college loans, you know how much money I owed after I finished college? Probably less than 10000 In between three and $4,000. I did go to a state school, but, you know, that's nothing compared to like 60000 Right. And just a little side note, you know, I just feel like the, you know, the, again, the government can easily, uh, no problem, approve millions and trillions of money invested into like the military and stuff like that. But like, when do you really see any immediate issues where that constant money flow is warranted, you know, when there's so many more immediate problems here that need a lot more help instead of fucking investing all their money into military. And um, just reading an article online from the Business Insider, I believe, um, the uh, Philadelphia Reserve, they surveyed about over 13,000 people and they said even with the two-year pause like nobody's ready for these uh payments to resume in august whatsoever you know what i alluded to before you know with inflation and so many other pressing issues like people don't have the money to you know pay this stuff down when basic needs right now are already a struggle and um, I, I just, it's just really frustrating because I feel like loans, student loans especially, are very predatory, you know, like, I think of them like 
uh, snake venom salesmen, you know. They know that most of these young kids won't really read the fine print and all the interest and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, when they're done with college, you know, they're, they're, they look at these bills and this interest. And I know so many people that uh, have more a higher balance than what they originally pulled out because of the interest alone, and they've been very diligent with their payments. You know, it's ridiculous, and, you know, they won't they won't approve a loan for, like, an 18-year-old that wants to start their own business, no problem. But when it comes to student loans, they're like, oh, okay, we'll do it for you, you know, whatever, whatever you want to do. But when it comes to somebody that actually wants to go out on their own and they're 18 and young and stuff like that, they won't take a chance. But when it comes to education loans, they're very, you know, uh, forthright with it. Yeah, the whole inflation problem has all these people we, you mentioned or I mentioned or someone mentioned, you know, Talking to you stars out there, that's how I'm going to refer to our audience as stars because you're all mirror stars. I agree with what you said, the military budget. I mean, it's it's not – maybe there might be another world war. I don't know. But right now, we have way too much money going in certain places and not enough going in, in, in the right places. We have homeless – at an all-time high. We have 30-year-olds living at home. And then we got all these other problems too that, you know, are ahead of the student debt problem. You got Ukraine. You got, wait, you got a pandemic. You got Ukraine. You got a a Supreme Court that has their head up their ass right now. I mean, we've got equal rights at an all-time problem situation. So this issue is getting pushed down and by the way, yeah, I did vote for Biden only because he ran against the biggest asshole that probably ever ran anything in his life, including a company or government or anything. But Biden is only ready to give $10,000 forgiveness Supposedly. to people. It's like, yeah, we haven't even seen that happen yet. I'm telling you, I'm going to bring back, bring up Elizabeth Warren again. She is right on. We got to race this debt and we need to give these young people a chance to move forward in their lives lives. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's the why, why most people, besides the fact that he was going against Trump, voted for him is, you know, the fact that he was willing to forgive some kind of... Not enough, though. It's right. Enough. Like $10,000 wouldn't, you know, make a dent in it. I know a lot of people are online are saying, well, he's definitely not going to do 50000 So who knows, maybe if it's in between that, I mean, anything would be a big help. Why don't we look at the scale, you know, and start with the low income and the middle income and work its I, way up? I know that there'll be like an income limit. You know, if you make less than $150,000 a year, then that would warrant some kind of debt relief, which I think is is fair. Yeah, but listen, anything would be fair right now, but I'm still going with Liz on this one. But, Erase it all. But... I mean, to think about it now, like if you're a household and you make like around a little over a hundred thousand, you're still like, I don't think there's really a middle class anymore. Like with good point, you know, like a hundred thousand dollar household, you know, you're still barely getting by. Right. All right. Okay. Let's move on to one of our favorite topics. Asshole of the week. Mirror, mirror on the wall. Who's the biggest asshole of all? 
You're going to find out right now. I'm going to go first. Ready? Every single one of these low-life oil companies from Mobil to Exxon to British Pollution Petroleum to Texaco, they should all be advancing on clean energy, yet they continue to give money to the mostly Republican politicians that continue to operate as they are. They're not going to change. Make these people accountable, not the people that need gas to drive to work every day. It's ridiculous. And you think president, people that think, if people out there that think presidents are the ones that raise gas prices, you're even a bigger asshole than the assholes of the week, which are the gas companies. Okay, I'm going to California next week and I was checking out gas prices out there. $6 a gallon. $6 a gallon. Asshole of the week, every one of these gas and oil companies. I mean, I've said it before, like, you know, for a fact, there are better alternatives out there besides gas. You know, it's the 21st century, but these sure is. these greedy assholes still want to, you know. Drill, frack. Yeah, all that it. stuff. Frack you. <laughs> so I'm actually going to be doing a star of the week this time just to switch. A star of the week? Yeah, just to switch it up a little bit to actually highlight somebody that actually deserves recognition. And I heard about this guy a few days ago, and I just think he's, he's wonderful and brave. His name is Xander Moritz, I believe. Forgive me if I butchered it, but he is the first openly gay class president of his high school, and he is the youngest plaintiff in the federal lawsuit to strike down the disgusting don't say gay bill in florida and uh so uh, surprise surprise he's been harassed by parents by the school administration you know if he decides to say something during like a graduation or something you know just trying to keep him down but he's he's not going down without a fight and believe it or not, I saw an interview with him online, and most of his peers are actually supportive of his efforts. So glad that's happening in Florida. Ready for our next segment? Yeah. Pop goes the culture. You want me to go first, or you want to go first? I'll go first. Yeah, I know you're excited, right? I know. <laughs> I know you're excited about what you're going to talk about. I am, so you go. I am. You go, girl. <laughs> so. If you have Amazon Prime, they recently released a series, Kids in the Hall. So it was originally aired from 89 to 95, I believe. It's the original cast, Dave Foley, Kevin McDonald, Bruce McAuliffe, Mark McKinney, Scott Thompson. They returned all original cast, giving me everything and more. So much crudeness, even nudity, like everything from talking glory holes to 60-something-year-old male strippers that had me dying on the floor laughing. (laughs) Um, It will definitely prompt me to go back to watch the original series because I wasn't even born yet when the series started, and I was about three years old when it ended, so I definitely have some catching up to do. But if you have an Amazon Prime membership, I would highly recommend Kids in the Hall Revival. It Steal will, a password from someone. <laughs> it will give you it will give you a good laugh. <laughs> it is somewhat concerning to me that you bring up glory holes every every <laughs> show, but you know, we're gonna we're just gonna go with that one. 
Um, uh, my, my, my pick this week is actually something a little more recent, like a Rolling Stone, the life and times of Ben Fong Torres. Ben is one of the most famous rock journalists ever. He had some legendary interviews in Rolling Stone with people like Marvin Gaye, Bob Dylan, the Rolling Stones, Linda Ronstadt, and many more. He became, this is funny because he became even more famous when he was portrayed by actor Terry Chen in the 2000 film Almost Famous. In fact, Cameron Crowe, who worked with Ben at Rolling Stone when he was a teenager and directed Almost Famous, which is loosely based on his early career as a rock journalism, is also in the documentary a lot. I mean, him and Ben, like, go way back. Anyway, it's a great film and a great story, and whether you're a music fan or not, I highly recommend it. Like a Rolling Stone, the life and times of Ben Fong Torres. So, a.k.a. Penny Lane, what's on your turntable? So, if you're an elder millennial like I am who did— An elder millennial? (laughs) That's funny. Uh, Who who did or didn't go through an emo phase in high school, middle school, uh, we were blessed recently with a new single from My Chemical Romance, Foundations of Decay. Um, It's uh, brand new music from the band since 2014— And just hearing that new single, which is amazing, by the way, sent me down a rabbit hole of the My Chemical Romance universe. Their 2004 album, Three Cheers for Sweet Revenge, is just incredible. There's Helena, I'm Not Okay, Ghost of You, which is a personal favorite song of mine. And of course, their legendary 2006 album, Black Parade, Mama, Famous Last Words, which I love, I love that song. Blood and of course Black Parade, which everybody knows. I was fortunate. Unfortunately, sorry. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) I was uh, fortunate enough to see them on their uh, Black Parade tour in 2007 when I was about 15 at the DCU Center in Worcester, Mass., and it was absolutely incredible. So definitely check out My Chemical Romance if you haven't. And I believe they're going on tour this year. I know it's a hot ticket, so if you scored tickets you're a lucky son of a bitch i'm sorry i didn't mean to like make fun of them uh i've just you know you went from glory holes to rabbit holes i mean what's next week we're going to talk <laughs> about the band hole so we can come full circle here <laughs> uh no you know uh, no offense against that that my chemical romance uh that their gener for their generation they were really good now i'm going to take a lot of heat for what was on my turntable but i don't care what was on my turntable i always talk about the most recent thing was the blue album by weezer <laughs> i mean hey you know weezer is a band that's been taking abuse for years there was even a saturday night live skit on them making fun of them saying that they never did anything good after pinkerton which is not true one thing that made me listen to weezer is i found I didn't know about this, but they played a 30-minute set at the NFL draft. And when I thought about that, I was like, they got the nerdiest band ever to play in front of a bunch of meathead jocks at the NFL draft. And I watched it. It was one of the best 30-minute sets I've ever seen. They did a cover of Enter Sandman by Metallica. It was really good, man. I really, I like, it made me go back and listen to that record. And let me tell you something, that is one of the best records, 
made in the last 30 years, I would say. Did you know the lead singer? I think he went to Harvard. Harvard, yes, yeah. he did. He hung around in Cambridge a lot. And uh, for the Green Album, we recruited Mikey Welsh, who is actually from Maine, but he spent most of his time playing in Boston bands. And uh, so he spent a lot of time here, definitely. Wow, we covered a lot today. I'm going to just tell everyone out there that you can write to us at Mira Stars Podcast at Gmail. And before AK Penny Lane gives you the rest of the info, I want to wish a speedy recovery to John Fetterman, who's running for senator in Pennsylvania, because we just heard right before we went on the air that he had a stroke. And hopefully it's going to be okay because we really, if you're leaning to, towards the blue side like we are, we're rooting heavily for Fetterman. And uh, uh, best wishes for a speedy recovery. So if you want to check us out even further, we are also available on Instagram. Steve is at Twisted Rico on Instagram. My alias at AKA Penny Lane Instagram and the Mirror Stars podcast, which is also available on Instagram. We're available on Anchor, Spotify, Apple, wherever you get your podcast, basically. We're trying to get a YouTube page up and running as well, so keep an eye out for that. See ya. Voice is recorded at Voice Motel voicemotel.com, your complete podcast recording experience. Located in Union Square, Somerville, Massachusetts.